1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roto-Grinders MLB Morning Grind. I'm your host, Justin Carlucci, filling in for Stevie, and I'm joined by the Chief Will Priester, wrapping up the work week 11-game main slate in Major League Baseball. Finally a big one, Chief. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh,
2: It's really interesting. I feel like they kind of pulled an NBA on us, if you will. Uh, The NBA was, you know, kind of early in the season was giving us these uh, interesting five and six gamers and stuff like that. And then um, all of a sudden, one day you woke up and you were getting two games on Tuesday, 13 games on Wednesday, you know, a game on Thursday and 25 games on Friday. And And I'm exaggerating on purpose, but. Baseball just kind of dumped this in our laps here. Not that we're, you know, not gonna give you our analysis, but they they've they've kind of broken this thing up for the past week, and now the big
1: one is here. It's here, it's here. We've been getting our feet wet, pumping out a tons of the content. The Morning Grind podcast has been awesome. Grinders Live and Crunch Time has been great. It's like we never missed a beat here at Roto Grinders. Of course cheese's million dollar musings are awesome speaking of never missing a beat that guy is in mid-season form with his writing i love to kick off my day of research with seeing what dave has to write about over there and uh we're really ramping up the fun stuff on scores and odds Scoresandodds.com, our partner site tons of premium picks great stuff uh, we give out free picks we have free articles uh tim tasteful tides he puts out some free stuff a couple times a week. He had a plus he had a plus 900 single-game parlay earlier this week. Uh, he gives out SGPs. Was, was it that Yankees game? It was, yeah. That was sick.
2: That's what I thought, yeah.
1: That was like the easiest single-game parlay cover ever. Like Usually there's a sweat somewhere in an SGP. He crushed it. That was really cool. But also, Keith Eister is doing some great prop articles over there for free. ScoresandOz.com. Check out the news section, everybody. And, of course, all the picks we're putting out there. Uh, and Grant does his daily show. Grant Nefer, kind of our, our poster boy of sports betting. I mean, he finished last season up, like, over 70 units, Chief. So we got a lot of good stuff going on between both sites. And I think I think we're in a good spot here to kick off this 11-gamer. You know, we were able to digest a lot that was going on. I know you like to uh, see some data first, which is a smart thing to do before jumping in. Uh, what are you seeing now? Uh, Thursday was kind of somewhat of the start of the second turn through the rotations here. Uh, what, do you, what are you seeing now? What are you thinking for Friday? Big, big slate, a lot of pitchers.
2: Well, let me, let me at least say this, and, I, and I, we talked about this a little bit pre-show, but I, I'm starting to track Brandon Woodruff. I want to see what happens at his next start. I, I haven't. I'm not going to pull any, any, any uh, indicator data on him right now. I'm just gonna. I'm not. I'm just gonna um, look and see after this next start. Is something going on? Because his first two starts, strikeouts are down, pitch counts are up. Like early in the in the uh, in in the innings, or, or early or too early for him to actually get quality starts. Let's let's rephrase and say that. And so I just want to make sure something is not wrong. If anything's going on with his spin rate or the hard hit rate is, up, or it, then, I, then he gets attacked the next time because at some point he's going to get shot until he figures it out. And so th- these are the types of things for, for me when it's early in the season, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve. Now, do I think Brandon Woodruff, do I think this is going to last forever? No, but it could last for another two or three starts. And I want to take part in that. And I think, The best example that I can give, Luch, if you remember this, this was before Chris Sale was getting hurt. Feels like every year he had one season where he came out and he just got absolutely shellacked for two or three games. Something was just wrong. Maybe it was four games. And then he started turning the corner. You looked at predictive data. You said, okay, I think he's about to fix this. And then suddenly the real Chris Sale showed up, but I say that to say this and I know I'm doing a lot of talking for an 11 game slate. We're going to get there. This is daily fantasy sports. This isn't your season long team. So we have to take the edges right when they, when they're available. I don't think the Brandon Woodruff edge is going to be available all season, but if we have it the next two or three games and we can be profitable, now you're not going to make money targeting Woodruff and Scherzer and and Bieber all season, but if we have an and and an, a window of opportunity, that could be the difference between a min cash and a tournament takedown. And that's what we're here for.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I don't know about Woodruff. I was prop hunting earlier today. Went one and two on uh, K props. Got hooked on two. Lost to JT Brubaker prop I put on scores and odds. It was four and a half. He finished with five. He struck out Juan Soto twice. That was not in my magic eight ball outcomes that I think would happen. Um, Otani also also got bombed too, man. Of course. That hurt. Got hooked there. Of course.
2: Strikes out the best hitter on the team twice and gets shellacked.
1: Yeah. It's baseball. Baseball. Yeah, I love it. Welcome. uh, I will say this. I locked in. More units than I usually do on Zach Greinke's under. He pitched, what, six innings? Didn't strike out a single batter. Poor Zach Greinke. I will bet his three-and-a-half and four-and-a-half and four and unders until his arm falls off or my arm falls off or whatever. And you know what's
2: about to happen, right? Next start, I told everybody.
1: Two-and-a-half okay. to open it. Two-and-a-half. Ne-
2: ne- no. Next start, he's going to come out and get seven or eight Ks, and everybody's going to be like, What? And he's going to come back down there. You know how this goes. The minute everybody says, "Oh yeah, he's he's dust," oh, the strikeouts just come out of nowhere. It's like Dallas Keuchel, right? He, he comes in at four and a half, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is an automatic under." You look at him tonight; he's got six strikeouts. You're like, "Come on, it's Dallas Keuchel. Why does he have six strikeouts today?"
1: Yeah, uh, that that's an under train. I will stay on that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's <laughs> that's a. That's a
2: To me, that's a 70, 80% of the season. If they give you three and a half every day and you take the under every day, 70% of the time, maybe 80, you're probably going to
1: hit You know what you're doing? You have your list in the prop shop of go-to. There you go. uh, We're building a list right now. He might take my money next time around, but uh, I'm going to keep placing the wager, my friend. It is. (laughs) Uh, We got 11 games, man. And you know what? We don't have all the data we need. You know how it works. We're recording this morning grind pretty late at night here but let's just quick run down some of the pitching we have on this slate I'll quick rattle off some names on DK and then we'll jump into this game by game Uh, Dylan Cease 10-2 wow breakout season last year looked phenomenal in his first start he'll take on Tampa Bay Uh, Dylan Cease 10-2 Freddie Peralta's at 10k against St. Louis we just talked about how the Cards uh, have some anemic offense, but they don't a lot. Carlos Rodon looked fantastic in the opener. He is 9,800. He will travel to Cleveland. Marco Gonzalez up to 9,300 at home against Houston. Uh, Marcus Stroman, the Cubs. Are- I, let's go ahead and talk about that. That's the first X of the night.
2: Like We're not playing Marco Gonzalez at 9,300 against Houston.
1: All right. Like, just, start- just
2: hit the X button.
1: You started the X button list. Maybe we can keep an X button sheet. And as we go through, we'll say who we're trimming out of our pool. I'm with you. Marco Gonzalez is number one. 9, number one. Egregious price in this matchup for him. I'm curious to see what his K prop is. As we know, Houston doesn't K much and they walk a lot. So we'll have to check that out. Um, Marcus Stroman's a Cub. He'll be traveling to Coors Field. 99 k flat. Jordan Montgomery, New York, are going to Camden to take on Baltimore. He's 8,800. Tony Gonsolin's on the slate. Uh, Tariq Skubal is right there at 82. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, Tampa Bay, 8K. Uh, German Marquez, I won't steal your thunder. He's at home against Chicago. Listen, there are so many names on this slate, uh, including Mackenzie Gore, highly talented pitching prospect. Looks like he's lined up to start at 5K at home against Atlanta. Listen, we'll get to some of these names as we go through here. A lot of interesting stuff here, Chief. A lot of interesting names um, and ways to attack this. Should we just dive in game by game and start hashing this out, buddy?
2: Uh, yeah. Let's 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 get in there, man. I, I'm I'm actually fairly excited about this slate because there's a lot of guys I'm just not going to play from a pitching perspective, and you're going to hear a lot of no's. And if you you know if people are interested, so what? I don't care. There's gonna be a lot of X button pictures today for me. All
1: right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start an X button list while we go through this. I'll have your list, my list, and our mutuals. And I'm I'm putting Marco Gonzalez on. He's he's number one. Mar- Marco Gonzalez is number one. I've I've got Marco Gonzalez
2: at least on Prize Picks coming at a four four flat strikeout prop right now, huh. and I think I I venture to take the under.
1: I think I'm with you. We'll see if the books have it at four and a half. Or three and a half. If it's four and a half, I'll be interested here, regardless of whatever Houston rolls out there. We'll check back in the morning. Check the Chiefs Prop Shop Discord or Grant's Action Lounge. I mean, you can get bets and props in many different ways between both of our sites here. The first one, New York and Baltimore, 705 Eastern. Jordan Montgomery, 8,800 on DK against Jordan Lyles, 7,400. First of all, are either of these pitchers making no. X button list?
2: X X button. I'm sorry. Yes, they are making the X button list. I'm not playing either one of these guys. I know. And look, I, I know Jordan Montgomery isn't a scrub, but I don't. I don't trust where he is right now. I mean, he went 58 pitches against Boston for 3.1 innings. The most he's probably going to top out at in this spot, I would say, is 70. And at 8800, that's not cutting. I, I, I'm not. I'm not getting involved. Uh, with with anything, Jordan Montgomery at that price.
1: There are some strikeouts to be had in that Baltimore lineup, but you were absolutely right. We don't know what his pitch is gonna be. This isn't the game, this isn't the slate I want to find out about it. And quite honestly, I don't know what his ceiling is at 8,800. I'm I'm with you. I'm not here to make entertaining radio or podcasting right now. I'm exploiting buttoning both of them as well. That being said, what about some bats in this game? I mean, usual suspects, you looking for the power bats on the Yankees or is this game stackable against Jordan Lyles?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, Anthony Rizzo's, I mean, come out of the gates playing really well. I mean, and look, and Anthony Rizzo, I don't don't know if everybody remembers this. Anthony Rizzo was a staple for my, has been a staple for my lineups over the years because I like to build with non-strikeout or low strikeout upside, like that's the way I like to build for MLB DFS. I, I and I don't have anything against Joey Gallo, right? But I understand what I'm getting. I I'm more likely to get a zero from Joey Gallo just as just as I'm likely to get twenty, right? With Anthony Rizzo, I feel like it's the same thing, but less less risk for no points. Because his strikeout, his strikeout, his k rate so, so lower. At 5K, Anthony Rizzo is one of my favorite first basemen on the slate, Tracy Jordan Lyles. Um, you know, we've got, we've got Judge here at 5,400. You know, he, he's going to rack up some points as well. Clearly, we know Lyles can, can give up to both sides of the plate. Um, but Rizzo, clearly, I'm not going to talk about everybody. That, that's not my objective with this 11-game slate. My objective is to talk about my favorites. Rizzo is absolutely... My favorite on the New York Yankees
1: today. I think you'll get good ownership on them too. Massive slate, a lot of first basemen, a lot of first base only eligibility, obviously here. So you're probably looking at a, a good tournament play. And if, if people are singling out some Yankees power bats, Rizzo might not be towards the top of the list, which bodes well for a good GPP play here. You know what? I had to look this up because I thought maybe it wasn't right. Blindly, do you know how many home runs Jordan Lyles gave up last year? Can you put a number on it? um let's see
2: how many can you give me how many games he pitched at least give me that
1: yeah um he started 30 he had a healthy season 100 yeah
2: started 30 games
1: 180 innings okay
2: i would say
1: 15 home runs He gave up 14 to lefties. He gave up 24 to righties. He gave up 38 bombs last year.
2: So in in 30 games or 30 starts, let's go 30 starts.
1: Let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. That's not good. (laughs) Not good. I did not think that. I mean, of course, you know, Jordan Lyles, Everybody picks on him in DFS. I didn't think the pop, the home run, I didn't think it was that bad. I, it's been a while since I looked him up. You, you know, it's terrible. Oh,
2: Jordan Louse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Montgomery. Sorry.
1: Battle of the Jordan.
2: Oh, if you, no, yeah. If you would have told me Jordan Louse, I would have bumped that to 30 real quick. Sorry. Right. I was thinking Montgomery. Okay, okay. 38, that's, Chief. 38. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, though. Like, he, yeah. he gives up home runs. Like, that's who he is. Yep. Oh, that's an incredible
1: spot for the Yankees. Incredible.
2: In yeah, he, Camden?
1: Come on! He was reversed last year, too. Sign uh, me up. 514 slugging to righties, 291 average. I mean, you know, it's just... The Yankees are just typically, for me, I, I don't know. I, I I single out the power bats, or I mini-stack the power bats. But tell you what, if you string these guys together uh, and you get them on the right night, I mean... You have to pay for a five-stack of the Yankees, right? Like, you're not getting any kind of discount anywhere. So, um, I don't know. How how prone are you to stacking the Yankees against Jordan Lyles, or are you just looking for power bats?
2: Like I said, Rizzo is at the top. Like, I wouldn't stack it. I would not stack the Yankees without Anthony Rizzo in any bills tomorrow. I mean, or today, rather. I'm so sorry, folks, today. To me, he's a – He's almost like D.J. LeMayhew, but with more power, in my opinion. And, and I, I'm hoping, I am hoping that D.J. LeMahieu can get his act together this season. Because if he does, this lineup is going to be incredibly potent. And I'm not a Yankees fan, but for DFS purposes, I need D.J. LeMahieu getting singles and doubles all the time. I need it because I need the Yankees to bat around. This feels like a good bat around spot for the Yankees. Love this spot. And I like Baltimore as well.
1: Yeah, get in there, Baltimore. I mean, you know, if Montgomery's leash is short, uh, the Yankees do have a good bullpen. What, what are you looking for here against Montgomery?
2: Well, what I was looking for was for uh, Cedric Mullins to not be as expensive as he is, and he's 5,600. And gosh, man, I, I like it. I, I like Cedric Mullins, but I don't want to pay 5,600 on this particular slate. I think it's just going to be – if, but if I play him, it's just going to be in mass multi-entry bills.
1: Like, I don't think I'm going to get to
2: Cedric in, like, any single entry or three-entry max at this time.
1: Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't at the prices they were last April. You know, Austin Hayes and Santander, I mean, you know, you were getting them extremely cheap because they were starting to come into their own, and Castle had a hell of a year, Um, you know, they're not super expensive, but you know, their prices are about right. Yeah, They're not
2: 3800 anymore.
1: They're right,
2: 4300 in 4K and 4200 where like you talked about. Last se- even last season, we were getting Cedric Mullins around 4K sometimes, 4200, 4400, 5600
1: on this league. You got another guy who will come in at no ownership at first base only at 3200 is Mancini, who hasn't done squat this season yet. But, boy, that is cheap for a guy with Trey Mancini's upside. But
2: it's coming. Yep. And that's the thing. Like, at 3,200, like, that's where you take your shot. If I'm going to play Cedric Mullins, let me get Mancini in there mitigate my cost and spread it around. So now, even though I'm paying 56 for for Mullins, I'm adding on another 32, right? That's giving me 88. I'm basically spending 4,400 for both players. I feel a lot better about that. And that's something I guess I probably don't talk about as much in terms of lineup building. And in baseball, the three K guy can score 40 and the five K guy can score zero. It's just how it works. Right. Absolutely. But, but in terms of trying to spread out your salary distribution, a lot of times, you know, when you're having two V2s and three V3s, like that's kind of what you're trying to process, which, which one of these bills is going to be, give me more bang for the buck.
1: Yeah, and let me say that game is a nine-and-a-half total as of right now on the main slate, 7.05. Listen, we have 11 games. There are zero, seven-and-a-half, or seven game totals as of right now. So, we, you know, we have some firepower here. I love Dylan Cease. think he has crazy upside. You know, we're not accustomed to seeing him being the highest-priced pitcher on an 11-game slate, though. So there will be some offense to be had um we'll move on here for time purposes and I I
2: think this was a good game to kind of talk about because this is going to be a popular one even though it's a big slate two kind of not elite pitchers in a good hitting environment as long as the weather's
1: good not raining like this was a good game to talk about I agree I agree uh 707 first pitch Oakland at Toronto nine and a half total as of right now you have Dalton Jeffries for the A's who showed out his first trip in the rotation and Uh, Ross Stripling just never seems to go away he's always relevant somewhere at some point on some major league baseball team here man Oakland's playing some good baseball so far Chief this is quite the interesting uh, game here and you know you have you know Jeffries who you know what does he have on his major league resume against this Toronto Power Bats team who are the minus 200 favorites here high team total for toronto um you know could be a, it's a core slate toronto could be a team that kind of gets uh like an afterthought type thing with their stack you know on a core slate where the cubs are in town so I, i'm, I'm kind of interested in this game first of all what are your thoughts on the pitchers on this one not playing either one ross dripling 77 on dk He, you know what, I don't even know. He might even just pitch, like, an inning or two. Might be more of an opener role, right? Like, two, three innings kind of thing. Uh, He pitched, Stripling pitched an inning uh, against the Rangers on the eighth. And then, again, uh, you know, same thing. So, uh, I think you just X-Ross Stripling right out of your pool, too. I'm with you. You know, Dolph Jeffries, going to have a gauntlet of a lineup. He only threw four. He only threw 48 pitches against the Phillies in five innings, so he cruised. Um, Yeah, and the Phillies
2: Phillies are all over the place with their production right now. All over the place.
1: I agree, and Jeffries is 6,200, and somebody will probably look at him and say, wow, he pitched good against the Phillies. He's value, but going to be tougher sledding here (laughs) at Toronto here. So you're X and Jeffries out of your pool as well? Yep, but getting the X button. Yeah, i I, i'm not fun today i'm not devil's advocate guy i'm i'm i think as of right now i'm i'm doing the same here so our list is growing ever so yeah we got we got five pitches that we've xed out so far yep i'm with you uh so that being said this could be maybe an under the radar bats game chief
2: yeah for sure um I'm obviously going to be more interested in the, in the Toronto bats than I am the the Oakland bats overall. Um I, I just think Toronto, man, they they've got such a robust hitting team right now. Uh Almost top to bottom. Right. And some of them have just been there. Like see Oscar Hernandez. He's just been there. Right. And they've, you know, they've, they've made some trades, brought in a Randall Gritchick and, I'm not saying Grichuk is uh, Gritchick's going to be playing. Or I think Gritchick is actually gone. But I'm saying they've done made moves like that until they can kind of get in this position with the Springer's, with the Vlads, you know. And they've they've kind of brought in some unique pieces around homegrown talent, uh, which you know, Marcus Simeon had to go. They would have had to pay him too much, um, you know. But um, like Jansen, he's kind of a homegrown catcher, if you will. So they've got some pieces in place here. Uh, I like this team top to bottom. And uh, I I think, you know, this is another one of those teams that's just going to be one of the best
1: ones on the slate, period. Yeah. uh, You know, Jeffries, 26 years of age now. Uh, You know, uh, okay. Decent little minor league career. Uh, Made a brief... Uh, appearance with the A's in 2021 and 2020 as well. But, uh, you know, nothing really wowing you here. I, I think he's a, a below average Major League pitcher here and uh, definitely interested in some of these Toronto bats as well. Um, Teoscar Hernandez hit the DL on Wednesday. So there's one less attractive bat uh, in the stack here. But but yeah, I definitely have interest in in paying up here. For like a mini stack or something like that with these Toronto bats here, I, I feel the power upside's coming in this one.
2: I've got the power.
1: <laughs> Give me some of that power to push through this eleven gamer, man. I need <laughs> some of that. Don't worry, it's not. It's not actually an eleven gamer. Well, when you x a bunch of you know half the pitchers out, and you know you do your thing, you trim that baby down, and and you're in good shape. Um, oh yeah. Anyway. Got a late-night Dodgers stack hoping to, to pick me up tonight. Hopefully there's some action for me here on Thursday night. Yeah. I uh, I pitched Musgrove, which was good, in my single entry, and he came in a little lower than I thought he would. I unfortunately had Otani because I just thought he was super safe with Killer Upside. I did avoid the Charlie Morton uh, fiasco, though, and, oh, boy, God. did he get drilled, and he was pushing 20% in the uh, 121 single entry as well, so. I don't know. I need need a little bit of luck here with the Dodgers, but like you said, it's early in the season, man, and and funny things are happening. Before we get into Tampa Bay and Chicago, I will say I did look at Brandon Woodruff after the first start, because I was kind of thinking along the same lines as you were, like, what the hell happened against the Cubs? Um, His colleague, Corbin Burns, turned around and pitched beautifully against Baltimore, as he should, um, on Wednesday. And you know, Woodruff, like you said, the pitch count was up. He kind of cruised through five innings against St. Louis, struck out only two guys. The velocity was there in the first start. So, And I'm curious to see if it's something else. Like you said, maybe there's just something else going on. You know, And that's, that's why I'm saying I'm waiting for
2: the indicators, right? I, I'm going to give him at least two more starts before I really try to go behind the curtain and see, because he could very well fix it. Uh, but something is wrong. I can tell you that right now. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't. I don't know, but this we do know. You struggle two starts like that. Like I mean, they really ran the pitch count up on him. He didn't get really get the K's either. Like something's, and maybe it's just pitching location. It it could just be location, but
1: something's up. All right, Tampa Bay and Chicago White Sox. We have an eight and a half total here. Chicago one forty-five favorites. Dylan Seath, 10-2, highest-priced pitcher on the slate. He's taken on Tampa Bay and Drew Rasmussen. He's 8K on DK. Listen, I'm a betting man. I'm betting you're x out one of these guys.
2: Oh, Drew, is the X.
1: <laughs> He's out of here. So, Drew's out of here. Uh, threw four innings in his first start. Three Ks. Like, he's just not a guy they're going to push. They have a good pen. Yeah, guys like Matt Whistler, who really found a good role in the in the, in the Tampa Bay pen. Uh, so, like, I don't know. Like, maybe you get five out of him in a fantastic outing. I just don't know what the upside is at 8K. I'm with you. X button for me. Talk about the, the highest price pitcher on the slate on DraftKings and Dylan Cease.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth it. The, the matchup isn't is, – it's not – an easy matchup, but I also don't feel like it's the hardest matchup in the world. I feel like it's kind of right in the middle when you're dealing with Tampa Bay, because even though they've got some bats that can knock them out of the park, you know, they're going to K a lot. So, uh, like, I like Brandon Lyle, but he's going to K. He, you know, he this is an 18% K rate guy. Brandon Lyle, I think, historically, he has been around 26%. So, so the strikeouts are going to be there, and, and, and I'm sure you can dig that up. Loose, but I'm, I'm I'm almost positive he's around
1: 25 26%. Yeah, I, um, I have yesterday's uh played IQ up and I'm looking at Tampa Bay. Uh, since the beginning of 2021, 192 at bats for Brandon Loud, 33% K rate. That's against look at left- that, that's against lefties though. And Dylan sees the righty. Um, but you know, he's somewhere in that range. I, I can bring it yeah, up. I'll bring it up against righties. Hold on, yeah. 24.5% against righties.
2: yeah. So if you balance it out, yeah, he's probably what 27%, something like so, that. So, yeah,
1: like I don't know what they're gonna roll out here. Um, Tampa Babers, righties, a Rose arena in our database, big sample size. He's pushing a 30% K rate against righties. Like we the just talked to. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's your guy. If, if,
2: and he doesn't necessarily have to pitch around the big bass because he can legitimately strike them out. Yeah, like I mean, the guy came out of, and yeah, it was Detroit, but still, I mean he Five innings, eight
1: K's and 79 pitches. The only the only thing, I'm a big Cease guy, is the top of this order draws a lot of walks. And we have seen Cease kind of lose it from time to time. Yeah, he's he's gonna do that. You just gotta hope he gets out of the jam. Just
2: don't don't give up a single two-run RBI or a double RBI. Just don't give it up, and we're good. But he does have some of the highest strikeout upside on this slate, I think, considering the circumstances.
1: Opening game against Detroit, five innings, one earned, three walks, eight Ks, twenty six DK points, seventy nine pitches. Uh, you know, you get twenty six out of him at 10-2. Are you happy with that? If that's if that's a median outcome for for Friday? Um, on DK. mostly, yeah.
2: I, I think I am
1: because I, you know, as
2: these cheaper pitchers, I don't really see anyone that's. Going past twelve fantasy
1: points, I don't feel that way. I it's could be scary. wrong. There's the scary volatility, um, but you're yeah, right. But I,
2: I don't. I just I don't see anyone like Lowe's, and I know we haven't gotten there. But Lowe's, Odorizzi, Keller, Cal, right? Maybe Brad Keller, but Brad Keller's not somebody I trust. Zach Plesac against San Francisco, no way. Uh, Detmers, Jeffries, Gutierrez, like a lot of these cheap pitchers, they got tough matchups. Coley Alex, even though the Angels aren't elite. I mean, he's got to deal with Travis, he's got to deal with Otani, he's got to deal with Rendon, he's got to deal with Walsh. Like, he's got to pitch around some guys. Gore's got to deal with Atlanta. Gutierrez has got to deal with the Dodgers. Jeffries has got to deal with the Blue Jays. De- Texas has been hitting well. We talked about it. Texas been hitting well. Jeffries has got to deal with Texas. Please, could get San Francisco, who's just pretty much picked up where they left off last, last year, hitting the ball, playing well. Uh, and then you got Kyle Wright on the other side of the Atlanta game against San Diego. Keller gets Detroit, probably about as close to a matchup as we can get. And guess what? I think Keller's going to be over-owned because he got has Detroit and he's 7K. Oda Reese gets Seattle, who they've kind of up bolstered their lineup. Jordan Lyles gets gets the Yankees. Miles Mikalis gets Milwaukee, who he should be able to handle Milwaukee, but he's Miles Mikhalus. He's not a strikeout. Highest strikeout pitcher. So I can't trust him at 76. Marquez is the wild card, I think, right? Because he's a, he's going against the Cubs. And he's got some stuff. And he's at home. And people don't want to play him because he's in course But I, I think Marquez is probably my SP 2 in the state. And I know I just kind of ran through all the pictures. Here's my point. Here's <laughs> he my point job, behind, behind it. Who else is going to get us the fantasy points we need to win? Dylan Cease is 10-2 for a reason. He's probably the best pitcher on the slate, given the circumstance. And that's why I'm putting it into context. That's why I ran through all those names. These cheap pitchers are in bad spots. They're just bad spots. And Cease, he can probably get 8Ks in this spot again. Yeah. I I think he's probably the best pitcher on the slate. And there's an argument to be made about Carlos Rodon, but
1: Dylan Cease is probably like, the number one pitcher on the slate. Yep, I'm with it. We don't, I mean, he's, he's your cash play, you're just playing him in cash for sure, I think. And, um, you know, you could definitely play him in tournaments too. And it, if Tampa Bay rolls out anything similar at, to what they did against Oakland on Thursday. Uh, you know, if Zanino's in that lineup, I mean, he's got a forty percent K rate against right. That, that's another K. That's that's three Ks right there. So let us see, and we're playing Dylan Cease. He's 10-2 for a reason, like you said. Uh, okay, uh, bats in this game. You have any interest in anybody on either side?
2: I'm not playing anyone from Tampa Bay in this game,
1: and I and I know I know the field is going to want to hammer
2: the Tampa Bay stat. A couple guys will right because Cease is probably going to be one of the top players and say I don't care. I'm not playing anyone from Tampa Bay, um, and that's just that's just that.
1: That's fair. Uh, I don't think I have a ton of interest either, um, other than maybe some large field leverage play, like you said. Um, but I'm good here. Pick up the pace a little bit here. Let's get into San Fran and Cleveland. Carlos Rodam, stellar first start, 9,800 on DK. Zach Plesak against San Fran uh, please, for the Guardians is 6,500. Uh, and he was pretty good his first start against Kansas City, a team that doesn't K much either. Five and two thirds, 70 pitches, three K's, no walks, three hits, uh, 17 DraftKings points. That'll do. Uh, he's got the Giants, though. You know, I'm not ready to X please out, I don't love it, but you just rattled off a lot of guys in a lot of bad spots. Um, I like Rodon. I, I like Rodon for tournaments a lot. I'm curious to see where the ownership falls between Cease and Rodon at the top, uh, because Cleveland has been pounding the snot out of the baseball, too, the first week of the season here. I'm guessing Cease comes in at least 15% higher than Rodon, probably. I don't know. I don't know. You know, 12K is the first start. We're in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society but Cleveland's been hot. Uh, I definitely think Rodon come, I mean, excuse me, Cease comes in a little bit higher on than Rodon. So uh, that kind of makes Rodon as in a real appealing tournament play to me.
2: Yeah. I like Rodon here. I, I, I want to challenge this Cleveland offense, right? I don't mind challenging offenses when guys have the juice and Rodon absolutely uh, was electric in that first start. And guess what? This isn't something that's new. I put him in the same category as I put uh, Marquez from, from Colorado. I think these guys, he was coming off surgery anyway. I think Rodon just wore down a little bit too much at the end of the season. Remember, he kept having that forearm injury. And I think this is something we actually talked about last season where his velocity started dipping. You, you remember us talking about that?
1: Yeah, we and, did. We and, were looking at him. We were targeting him. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I so I think I think he's he just wore down at the end of the season. And now he's back. He's fresh. I think these are the kind of performances we can expect. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get 12 Ks against Cleveland. That's not something I believe. But I think six to seven is, is right in his wheelhouse. And he went 89 pitches. Like, that's the other thing. 89 pitches right out of the gate, which means he should be at least around 89 again, I would think. Love this spot for him, man. Love this spot um, where he, he he probably will come in lower on the seas because of just pure matchup he's facing Cleveland and uh, Cease is facing Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember us I talking about his slate, his velocity dip. It wasn't just a slight velocity dip, by the way, he came in through 97 uh, on the gun with his fastball opening day. And that's, you know, we kind of saw the 96, 97 middle of the season, but you know, we, you look in, Late July and August, here's his fat. Hit was his fastball velocity. And this is exactly what we were talking about. I remember last season, we might have even jumped on a morning grind or two together. Late July, early August rolled around 94, 96, 95, 93, 94,
2: 93, 91.
1: Yeah, big dip. Big dip. And I, I guess I'm a little surprised. Very encouraging to see, especially with the unorthodox, ridiculous offseason we had. And pe- pitchers are really ramping up. I just, I just thought Rodon would be one of those off the rip that would maybe be in like a Woodruff situation maybe, right, where, you know, he didn't have the same training that he would need, a guy coming off of an injury like he was the prior year. But, boy, I mean, if, it's, if the time is to take advantage of him now, throw 97 on the gun, like you said, you want to challenge the Cleveland offense, they're ripping the cover off the baseball recency bias is going to be all in favor of dylan cease here because of how good cleveland's been playing i think anyway with the dk pricing and they're so very close that i might even want to start my tournament build with Rodon, um despite my gut feeling like cease is the safer option here
2: i'm with you i mean and that's and that's why you remember earlier when we were talking doing the rundown i said hey you know we'll talk about carlos Rodon like I, so here's what I, here's what I do feel like. I feel like Carlos is the number one tournament player on the slate, unless I'm misinterpreting ownership and overvaluing this matchup with Tampa Bay for seats. Right. And I, I, I'm I not sure how people are going to react to 30 fantasy points right out of the gate and, and, and him facing Cleveland. Right. Like the combination of the owner sentiment I feel like it's going to have us away from Rodon and more on uh, uh, Dylan Cease. So that's that's how I feel. Me personally, if I can jam on both in, I'm going to get both in. But if I can't and I had to choose one, I would feel comfortable with both. And taking the salary discount, I definitely think is okay.
1: Uh, I'm with you. That's why I was like guessing and I don't want to sound like a fool, but I'm thinking like, like Cease is at least going to be 10 to 15 percent higher than Rodon probably because um, you need offense on an 11 game slate there's a lot of good bats like it's most likely going to be one or the other right you're, you're most likely not going to jam both of these guys in and be able to make a formidable stack that has upside on the offensive end here so um, anyway talk to me about the bats in this game uh, Cleveland's been phenomenal but they got our guy Rodon here and, uh, by the way, Jose Ramirez, mega extension he signed. And, boy, is he ripping the cover off the baseball. Um, another good game to talk about here. Bear with us, folks. And, uh, you know, Pleszak on the other side, before we get into the bats, talk to me about Pleszak. Don't want to forget about him. Are you X-butting him or are you looking at him for value?
2: No, I, th- I think he's, he's reasonably priced. I mean, at 6,500. I mean, if he goes out and gets 14 fantasy points, 15 fantasy points, I think I'd take it at 6,500 on this slate. Yeah. Um, you know, face KC, like you talked. You already talked about, it went 70, 70 pitches. Uh, we just need him to not kind of get blown up early. And I think if that happens, if he can get through four innings and maybe only have given up one run or something like that, we're probably on our way to uh, a nice spot for him
1: overall. Yeah, I think he's in the tournament mix for sure. Uh, that being said, do you like any of these Giants bats?
2: Uh, yeah, I do though. That's the thing. I I actually like the Giants. You know, Brandon Belt um, is always going to be someone that that I like when he's under five k and below. Right? He just he just kind of doesn't pass five k a lot. I even now he was over five k. I think the other day. I can't remember early this week, but I, I definitely think the Giants as a whole. I think this is more of a stat or fade spot for me. I, I'm not trying to one-off Giants, right? If I play them, I want to play them all together and capture their upside.
1: You know, I, I like some of the Guardians pieces. Uh, I'm just thinking here, making more of a case for Rodon, but like, can we pump the brakes a little bit? I mean, like the the games that they scored a lot on, they, they uh, had Bubik from Kansas City, whatever his name is. They had Carlos Hernandez another game, right? Like, like who who have they faced? Um, I know they had Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure they had Molly in one of those games. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, so
2: yeah, and, and they did they did touch Molly up early. Yeah, like Molly just he couldn't get going. They touched him up, and he was gone. So that's that's a good but but. Once again, but Tyler Molly is still not Carlos Rodon, And that's the thing, right? Like, Rodon has been a strikeout pitcher pretty much since he's been in the league. So I- I'm not afraid of Cleveland currently.
1: I like the Rodon spot, too, for tournaments. Let's move on here to uh, the Angels in Texas. Oh, Otani broke my heart on Thursday, but that's okay. Do you have any Otani investments on Thursday?
2: I did not.
1: I avoided
2: the Otani disaster.
1: Yeah, that that kind of stunk. Anyway, uh, a 10 total here. Angels are the favorites right now. Healthy, healthy game total. We have uh, Reed Detmers, who just hasn't figured it out at the big league level yet. And our good friend Colby Allard. Who, oh, we're not playing these guys who will probably X never part. figure it out. <laughs> I don't even have to talk about these pitchers. Like, you
2: know, they're, the thing, they're just getting the
1: X button. I, I agree. We're Xing them out, and the thing is, like, Texas has respectable hitting K rates. They're not just that free swinging, terrible K rate team anymore. So, I, like, I don't even. Well, so you
2: throw Seager and Simeon in there, and That K rate comes out real quick.
1: Yeah, oh. I agree. I agree. So tough to play either one of them. I have some interest in some bats here. Does it go without saying on the Angels side, we're looking at their main power bats here? Yeah, that's what we're doing. Rendon,
2: Trout, uh, Otani. And then, of course, look, Jared Walsh, man. I mean, I, I, you know, he's a guy that's got a little pop. You typically, he's going to have the platoon advantage because he's going to see more righties than lefties. Sign me up.
1: Are, are are people going to shy away from Walsh and Otani seeing the lefty lefty matchup here, or, or what's it going to be? Um, I mean, Otani always carries ownership, but Walsh might Walsh might not carry any ownership on this slate at first base, or he might just sit because he might get platooned. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't think he gets platooned. I, I think. I think he's their everyday guy.
1: Good. Um, That's good. That's what we want to see.
2: Yeah. So. I think Walsh is fine. I'm not expecting Colby Allard to be in that long. No more than three innings, I don't think. I I think he's out of here.
1: Another lefty, Colby Allard, getting this Texas lineup. I'm sorry. um, God, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I need some caffeine. (laughs) Detmers, another lefty getting this Texas lineup. Hasn't figured out at the major league level. I think he'll be a good pro one day. Still have some control issues, et cetera. Not going deep into games. Um, the Angels do have a pretty good bullpen, though. I will say that. However, gut gut feeling here, I'm, I'm guessing here that the Rangers will carry some ownership here, but maybe not a ton on this slate. Uh, you know, cord slate, Toronto's on it, Yankees in a good spot. Yeah, and 11
2: games. I like in no way fight. Texas carries a lot of
1: ownership. Like, I like
2: this game as a stack.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean,
2: you know, I don't, you know, me and Jesus had this talk, but I don't stack games just to stack games, right? Um, but I, I think both sides of this game have an opportunity to be successful.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you're gonna have to pay for it though. Seager's 5,400. Simeon 5K flat. You know, Adol's Garcia uh, 46. You know, Nate Low first base loaded position. Uh, Mitch Garver, you're paying up for, so I, I think. You know, you want the power bats here. And if you're full stacking, like if you're five stacking these guys, you're most likely going to have Garver or Nate Lowe or both. And on this slate, no one's going to play Nate Lowe. Uh, and I'm not even sure what Garver will be. I feel like people are going to be looking for value at catcher with the 11 games. Yeah. And that,
2: that's the thing. Like you, you talked about it. Like I think that Mitch Garver call, that's a good call there. Yeah, I mean, think think about a guy like him that was in Minnesota, where it's not like they were losing, but I mean, he comes to a team that has been losing all this time, and this is a good quality hitting team now. I'm telling you, it's picking up those couple pieces has really changed the dynamics of what this team looks like.
1: Mitch Garver against the lefty, we know, we know how that goes. That's where he's found success. I'm with that. So uh, let's move on here to Detroit (laughs) at Kansas City. Two teams who had pitchers thrown on Thursday who couldn't strike anybody out. There's a chance we see a little more of the same here. <laughs> Man, hey, how many? An- answer me this.
2: Okay. Why is Tariq Schoolball 8,200 and Brad Keller 7K? That makes no sense, does it? Nope. I will say this. I don't like Brad Keller. I am willing to roll the dice against Detroit. Like him ah. and Plezak are probably the guys.
1: Uh, I'm with you I'm not playing Scoobles, so I'm xing him out. I'll consider Brad Keller and at 7K I don't even think his ownership will be egregious like 7k Brad you know I don't
2: know I, well I feel like he might be the highest on cheat guy. It could be because he's, because he's 7K facing Detroit.
1: all those other options that you mentioned were horrible that you rattled off that list about 10 minutes ago so uh, I, you know every Brad Keller chalk slate goes terribly wrong though that's how it feels right? And I feel like it's always Detroit and Kansas City. I, there was a couple times those division games last year where Brad Keller was the cheap, cheap chalk, and he got blown up. Um, an interesting note, though, is Javier Baez got scratched on Thursday. So we'll have to see if he's in for Friday or not. Obviously, a huge piece there in that Detroit lineup. Uh, kind of Jekyll and Hyde there. We know Javier Baez can break a slate and destroy an outing, but, boy, does he have, have a, a very a very high strikeout rate at the same time. J- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Absolutely. do you want – you you backing Brad Keller, do you want Baez in for that K rate or do you, would you rather – I do. I do. Yeah. I, I prefer
2: Baez in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, if you get me one time, great. I'm going to get you at least two more times with the strikeout stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and it, it was a really good hitting environment uh, in Detroit uh, – in Kansas City, excuse me, on Thursday. Don't know what the weather's like for Friday. Uh, but, of course, keep up to date with Kevin Roth and follow him on Twitter. Check out – Roto-Grinders weather and, of course, the weather edge and all the great stuff Roth does. Um, okay, bats in this game, what are you thinking here? I I, no, I know these aren't the highest quality of pitchers. I, I just can't see anything screaming full stack at me, like if I'm playing one or two lineups. But, um, you know, if we're talking large field stuff, if, if we see Brad Taylor pushing 25%, I would be inclined if I'm playing large field GPPs. To, to build a couple of Detroit stacks.
2: Yeah, I think just from both sides, I definitely want to get some Adelbert to Mondesi. Um, like, like him a great deal. Uh, at catcher, Salvador Perez at 5K, facing the lefty, could, could get real interesting really quick. Um, and I think if, you, if you're thinking about Detroit, Tucker Barnhart is a guy that I've, I've played a lot of over the years because he's typically pretty cheap. And for a good stretch of his career, you know, I felt like he was always churning fantasy points. Not as much as he used to, but, um, you know, 2,900 on this slate, I don't hate it.
1: Yeah, I like the Perez call. Um, I like him as a one-off kind of power bat. Let me bring up some Scooble numbers real quick. Yeah, I don't understand that pricing whatsoever. Skubal, since the beginning of 2021, uh, obviously, righties get to him. He's pretty good against lefties. Um, respectable K-rate in general, but, like, I'm just not paying 8200 for him against Kansas City, who there are some strikeouts in that lineup, but uh, and I don't know what the leash is for Skubal. Just a lot of things just don't make sense there. Um, as for Brad Keller... He has control issues. Uh, walk in about ten percent of batters since twenty twenty one. The good news is, like real mix and match here with the Detroit lineup. You have some guys who draw walks, and some guys with just egregious walker aids who don't who don't ever walk. They're swinging the bat. So I think Keller will be okay as long as he doesn't have a Thursday Otani type outing. <laughs> <laughs> There
2: you go. I'm good, brother. I'm, I'm not really playing a whole lot of bats for this game, but I do like some color.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right, we'll move on. Uh, next game on the agenda here, St. Louis at Milwaukee. We sure did a lot of talking about Brandon Woodruff and a little bit of Corbin Burns. Uh, Milwaukee's throwing Freddie Peralta. Just a sick rotation they have. Peralta threw 88 pitches against Chicago. But I'm almost willing to just throw that series out because things were just wacky. The weather was terrible for a couple of those games i don't know peralta threw four innings last week against chicago four walks six k's 88 pitches uh mixed bag here listen i think peralta once he gets going will be targeting him quite a bit just don't know at that price tag and really the cards although maybe they don't produce a ton of numbers don't really k a lot against Rays especially or in general so is one of those guys that we know what the upside is. I just, at that price, I'm maybe willing to trim him out of my player pool, Chief. I don't know. Am I crazy here?
2: I don't think so. Um, and I don't mind Peralta. Like, Peralta could easily go out, and go, go out and go six innings, 10Ks. He could, yes. And not give up runs. And that's perfectly within the Ramos possibility. I want to lean on the fact that St. Louis is kind of limiting pitching K upside right now. Um, and I know I said, you know, I wasn't going to dig into any indicating data, but this di- just didn't start this season. Like, it's been that way. So I, I'm going to try uh, to avoid Freddy Peralta, Freddy Peralta um, on this slate. And, uh, and I'm also not playing St. Louis because I don't feel like they're going to rock Peralta. I just think he's going to limit their upside. Uh, this whole game is getting an X for
1: me. I don't want to play anyone in this game on either side. It could be. I mean, look at the Woodruff thing. I mean, he wasn't great. He didn't hit value, but and St. Louis really didn't do much. Um, Peralta is the is the okay chief in Luch. Give me your like five percent owned starting pitcher who could throw up thirty five and no one saw it coming. Uh, it's Peralta, right? I mean, that's the angle here with Cease and Rodon, and then Peralta boom ten k. Uh, a little bit of struggles here. St. Louis doesn't. K. Peralta's going to be the guy that's not going to carry ownership. I don't, I don't think any, really. I, where, you have similar uh, similar guessing here with that? Yeah, I
2: don't think Peralta's going to be the guy. I'd much rather play Ciso for him, considering the matchup, right? And then, you know, you got Rodon, who's cheaper. has probably got a little bit more upside currently. So, I'm, I'm with you. I think well, he okay. kind of gets lost. It kind of gets left in similar, like, to no in land.
1: Peralta might be one of the most underrated pitchers in the league, though. Struck out 37% of righties last year, 31% of lefties. Ah, Monster, monster, monster. Walks like 10% of batters, which is like his Achilles heel. He's your large field, like, less likely to smash guy, but is totally in the realm of outcomes that no one's going to have. It's Freddy Peralta, but I'm not going there for single entry builds. But at that ownership, when I open up, uh, lineup pitch queue tomorrow is probably going to be like, damn, Freddie Peralta is unowned, and I'll have to scratch my head a little bit and try to talk myself into it, and we'll see which way the wind blows me. But I, you know, if I'm playing one team, it's not Peralta. And on the flip side of that game, you xed out Miles Michaelis at 7600. I'm thinking, or not? oh, he's out. He's, he's out. out. Okay. Well, what about Brewers bats? Talk to me there.
2: Yeah. I- and that's the thing. I really don't want to play anybody in this game. Okay. Like I I because Mikolas isn't a K guy, but he's also not a guy that typically gets shelled, right? He's just gonna kind of limit the damage, get you, get, get them through the game and, and and ride out. And so uh that's the approach I'm taking there with this spot. I, I and I'm with you, I would sprinkle in some peralta mass multi-entry, but if I got one, I'm not playing.
1: I'm with you. Uh, I don't mind keeping a couple of these one-off like outfielders in the pool in case there's some short leashes here. Um, but in terms of first base, third base, like there's some elite guys at those positions. I'm not sure if I'm wanting to go Goldschmidt or Arenado, you know, on a loaded slate. So I'm with you. Uh, the the big doozy here, you know, the core slates on the card. Chicago sticking around for another one, and uh, we have Marcus Stroman, who's a Cub. 9K at Coors. Uh, and uh German Marquez. The German Marquez? German? German? Garmin could be Herman.
2: Um, no. but at any rate, last name is Marquez. Here's what I'm doing with this game, Luke I, I've been doing this for years now. It doesn't really fail me that often. I'm not playing anything from Coors but the pitching. Um, Marquez is great. I like him for tournaments. Oh, I don't play Coors at all. I haven't played cores in years. Do you know that. why? Because all bats are overpriced for the limited upside they have over the over over the course of a season. You're 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 paying all this money for cores to get one or two games where they score 18 runs. All the other games, they're no different than Houston, who's going to score seven or eight runs a game all the time. I'm, as an example, they're not going to average seven or eight games. Houston's probably going to average around five runs a game by the time the season's over. Right? So that's the point I'm trying to make with saying, hey, Coors, it's multiple reasons, but the bats are always overvalued because of the environment. That doesn't happen on a regular basis. So I'm fading Coors, but I will I, I will have some of the pitch.
1: I, I like Marquez. He, he was yeah. odd. Marquez Marquette's my guy, 7,900. I mean, yeah. He's oddly good at home. X X-Fip was good. Here's the thing. He strikes out only 19% of lefties, but he's pushing 30% of righties. And the Cubs do not have many lefties to platoon with in that lineup. I mean – Frazier, Majorable, righty, Schwindel, Suzuki, uh, Jan Gomes, or Contreras, both righties. Patrick Wisdom and his 37 to 40% K rate. Ian Happs' K rate pushing 30%. There are strikeouts in this lineup. And I, I you know, Cliff Frazier leading off 27% K rates. Is 20, I mean, I'm with you. I like Marquez. I, what? What's our ownership guesstimate here on him? Are people going to go there? Are, are we the anomaly? 8% of the max. Wow, I'm in. He's in course because everybody's going to be trying to stack the Cubs
2: and stuff. So I seriously doubt if people are stacking the Cubs, we're getting on Marquez.
1: Uh, I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll ride or die with you. I'm in. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I will – you know, I'm only playing a couple lineups, but I probably won't have much interest in the Cubs. Ah. Uh, And you're right. They're going to be they're overpriced and they're going to be overowned. Although Suzuki's been great, I don't mind some Suzuki. Uh, The flip side of that game, uh, I'm not playing Marcus Stroman at cores at 9k. Nope, I'm not doing that. Are you? Yeah, absolutely not.
2: Only person I'm playing is Marquez.
1: That's it. So I know you never play cores, and I love that. Um, I don't mind like. Personally, I'm not trying to stack this game either. I don't mind maybe like one-offing Connor Joe, who's been incredible, He's leading off again as expected, probably. Um, but other than that, like I'm good. I mean, Connor Joe's 3,400. Uh, I like that. But again, I you know cores will be cores. I don't expect Stroming to get destroyed, but I don't expect him to exceed value. Um, and it could be just a lot of ball and play type game here I think like neither of these teams are like elite slate breaking power I mean you know you can make a case for Suzuki and Wisdom and Chris Bryant but I'm good I'm with you Marquez is my guy in this game and uh, that's awesome that we agree on that I love it Chief Uh, three more games here and then we'll kind of do a quick wrap up and um we'll we'll see who all the pitchers are we x'd out and we'll actually see who we have left in our pitching pool and uh we'll, we'll see we'll talk about our favorite stacks then two at the end uh, atlanta at san diego and boy did charlie morton get shelled on thursday um a
2: yep.
1: couple of young guns a couple of young guns kyle wright pitching for atlanta a guy <laughs> who i've rostered in my atlantic city league for about four years i Scooped him in the minors, and he just kept breaking my heart and was great at double-A and decent at triple-A and can't get it together at the majors. He went to work against Cincinnati, though. Bro, he went to work. One walk is the big thing for me. He had sick control issues um, when he got to the pros for his cups of coffee. He went to work. I'm willing to throw some darts here uh, with Kyle Wright. I mean, he has the stuff. I, You know, it's been one start. This is a total large field GPP type play. I don't hate Kyle Wright. The guy on the other side of this game, Mackenzie Gore 5K, in my opinion, will be the better long-term pitcher, and I think he has a chance to be a monster. I just – first start, I just don't know what to expect. I don't know if we're going to get any news, what is his leash, et cetera. He has Atlanta. I like Mackenzie Gore long-term. I just wish we had a little more info on what the plan is with him.
2: Yeah, and I think this is – but this is your time to kind of take a shot, right? Like Wright, McKenzie, please I think these are guys we're taking shots with alongside either your Rodon or um, or Dylan Cease, right? If you're not going to try to, you know, double whammy it like me. But you got to have some relief somewhere to get in some of these bats because when you put in Rodon or, or Rodon – I got to remember how to pronounce his name correctly. Uh, you put both of those guys in, you only got – you know, a little short of four grand. I think it's 3,700 left to try to build a team and feel fill, fill the whole team, 3,700 per player. Let me say that. So um I, I like, right. I think he's good. And, and I also like Gore uh for the price Gore at 5k. I mean, if he gets 10 fantasy points, thanks man. I'll take it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gore has been, for those who don't know, Mackenzie Gore has been on just about every top prospect list since he, Came into the minors in 2017. Um, five seasons in the minors. Mackenzie Gore has a 2.79 ERA, which is awesome. 238 innings, 311 Ks. Awesome stuff again. Um, although in 2021, it wasn't wasn't his best stuff. Uh, still a very respectable 3.93 ERA. Um, listen, he moved all the way up from like advanced A ball to, to 3A. Uh, in one season that's a disgusting move up in a very rapid ascension right it's a lot a lot of levels to move up um but still uh, 50 innings across those levels like didn't pitch a lot uh struck out 61 but he walked 28 and 50 innings so like god i think this guy is going to be a stud long term everything i've read about him I, I you know i love the large field gpp shot for dk i don't think this is a guy you can play on Fanduel, but um I, I don't know. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing him uh, getting the call here, seeing what he's made of as a tough matchup against Atlanta. And he is so cheap that, you know, if you get him sub 10% and he survives five innings, I mean, hell, if he survives four innings chief, uh, like what, how many fantasy points are you looking for him at on DK here? 10 to 12, anything over that's gravy in my book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, super interesting. He, He's one of the wild cards of this slate, uh, for sure. It's, it's Mackenzie Gore here. So um, super interesting. And you know what? I, I think I think it, work, it works both ways here. I'm curious to see how the public takes a look at this situation in terms of ownership. Uh, you know, Gore could be great. I hope he is. On the flip side, he has some control issues in 2021, first major league start. Uh, I want to see what the Atlanta stack is. Uh, ownership is looking like here you know i mean is the public to be like all right like rookie kid maybe short leash getting the yeah 11 game slate though i'm not so sure that's going to be the case here so um, if i'm multi entering i'm i'm i want to see if you can take a shot at these Braves uh at low ownership um but like again if i'm multi entering i kind of like both sides here Braves bats but if gore you know if gore puts on like where i don't have brave bats and, and i want i get five innings on Mackenzie gore I think it's fair to say there could be some interest in, in both sides of that coin.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, like I said, I like Gore price. I, I like the bats. Don't love the bats. I think I just, it, this would be a stacker face spot for me.
1: Two young pitchers trying to figure it out. You know, no sample size on Gore in the pros, very short one on Kyle Wright in the pros both have uh, had wicked stuff in the minors uh so what are your thoughts on Kyle right so I can kind of start closing out our, our x out pool here are you keeping both these guys in your pool or are you xing either one of them out for draft games? yeah that's what
2: I'm saying I, th- I think they're they're valuable I think I, and that's what I was saying earlier I think these gore and Wright are mix and match type pieces like yeah yeah you know you, you mix and match them with either Rodone or 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 cease and I think you go from there
1: all right my friend two more games left here we're getting to the late night hammer type of stuff here Seattle and Houston, and uh, well, we already said at the top of the hour we were and out. Mark, go <laughs> X. ninety three hundred. What's up with that price tag? I don't, I have no clue. Did they hit the wrong button? I don't know. And and the
2: crazy part is he hasn't done anything this season yet. So I don't he he, he doesn't even warrant this price just for this season. He's ninety three hundred. Come on, DK, get the
1: <laughs> algorithm. Get that. Get the algorithm. Algorithm together, guys. Jake Odorizzi doesn't have fantastic stuff. 7K, what is he, 7200 7, uh, Is he a guy that can survive and get there? I, I just, I don't know. I,
2: I don't think he's going to hang with this new Seattle team, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, 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 this lineup they have is, is, is pretty good. I'm not feeling Odorizzi. I'm willing to get rid of him. I don't think he kills you. Yeah. X button. So we're Xing out both pitchers here. Is this another case of Gonzalez, good real-life pitcher, not a great fantasy pitcher at 9,300, but, like, not one you want to go out of your way to full stack against kind of thing, right? Like, I'm not thinking. I I, I stack Houston every day. Well, is this – you know what? There aren't many slates where you can get them a decent ownership, right? Like, we've had a couple of them, and they haven't really done it yet. Uh, But it's coming. I was going to make the ownership argument. Is that what you're thinking here? No, honestly,
2: man, it's part of my blue notebook process. Unless Houston goes and changes that roster to where these guys strike out a lot and they can't hit anymore, I mean, Houston's a team we need to be stacking every day, like the Dodgers, right? If you stack Houston and the Dodgers every day, Lightning's going to strike,
1: period. And, you know, Gonzalez – Maybe, maybe I'm going to rethink this here because Houston's loaded with righties. I'm looking at Gonzalez's numbers. Absolutely terrible against righties. Uh, since the beginning of 2021, 274 ISO, 348 WOBA. Strikes out less than 20% of batters both sides of the plate. 50% flat ball rate to righties. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. You, you talked me into it. I dug into it. Houston righties. Um Gonzalez is a big sinker ball guy, but he just can't keep that damn thing on the ground against righties. He can't do it. That, that's, that's what it looks like here using uh, Roto-Grinders plate IQ, by the way. So, yeah, Houston righties, sign me up. I'm in. Thank you for uh, twisting my arm a little bit there to look into this. <laughs> I'm with you. That's why we talk through this stuff. That's why we do. Um, and if you all aren't looking at RotoGrinder's grinders plate IQ regularly, you're missing out on a ton of great info uh, right at your fingertips, man. Yeah. One more game. On the slate here. A little bit of a late-night hammer here. Cincy and the Reds. Oh, my God. And the Dodgers. I can't even talk. It's late. It's late. Give me that late-night coffee. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, 8400 Man, that's a pretty penny for him, too. And Vladimir Gutierrez, who, uh, you know, doesn't have good case stuff. A guy that just doesn't do it for me here. Um, I'll tell you what. I like Gonsolin as a prospect. Not ready to pay eighty four hundred for him. He I'm never good. goes that
2: long to even pay off that price tag. Anyway, that's, that was since last year. They they do probably have him on some form of a, a ramp up period. But even last year, he wasn't a guy that went deep. So i and, and he's always more expensive than he should be. I'm not paying eighty
1: four hundred for for Tommy Gunn.
2: Get out of here.
1: No, I I agree. Um, he's good enough though, and they have a decent pen. So, like, I'm not saying – I'm not, like, going reds here. Just not I'm just avoiding the pitchers. Gutierrez, though, I mean, this guy's going to pitch the contact, and you got the Dodgers with the late-night hammer here. I got some interest in the Dodgers. What are your thoughts? I mean, elite, you know, I think it's a borderline elite matchup for them here. Uh,
2: Dodgers always in play, man. Um, yeah. You know, Odorizzi was a little bit reverse splits, I think, for a while. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a staple prop. It's Mookie bets one and a half hits plus walk. Just take that one every day. Even if he misses it for a month, you're going to come out a hit. Uh, just just fire that up. Um, yeah, in terms of – so I'm not playing either pitcher here, of course, but in terms of the Dodgers, you know, my boy Freddie Freeman is out there now. He's 5,100. Feels like a good spot for him uh, to kind of let it all hang out. So I, I like him a lot. The outfield shocked me because they've still got a lot of a, a lot of the same guys, right? They didn't really go out and get anybody. So you got Betts, Chris Taylor, you got Lux, you got Bellinger. You know, uh, I think these guys are going to be fine.
1: Bellinger's getting a lot of crap. He's low-keeping pretty good outside of the first two games. Uh, he's been putting up fantasy points. He's been getting on base. And he's 2,800. It, it really, like, if he's not chalk, I'm, I'm going to play Cody Bellinger. I'm going to keep going back. Yeah. To Whew, uh Covered a lot of ground there. Massive slate for DK and, you know, 11 games. That was our bigger one. So I, you know, I think we both felt like it made more sense to cover DK because there's so many more pitchers. Uh, and for time purposes, I guess, I mean, I can bring up FanDuel and do a quick pitching rundown here, but I'll let you comment on this with our mutual pitching pool trimming. We just did here. We would have Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon, German Marquez, Brad Keller, Zach Plezak, Kyle Wright, and Mackenzie Gore, and maybe a sprinkle of Pretty Feralta for for like large field stuff. So we cut that down to seven or maybe eight pitchers there. Um, and I don't usually roll
2: that many. I usually don't have more than four.
1: Yeah, I, I'm the same way. If you had a, if you had a, like nail this thing down to four, who are the two high price guys, and who are the two other guys?
2: Absolutely, Rodone and. Uh... And cease, and then I think next tier down in terms of the matchup, right? I think if you're, those are my top two, and then after that I think it gets tricky.
1: Yeah, no, I, I told, after,
2: after that I think I think it gets tricky.
1: Fanduel has Kluber starting, and now I have to see for Tampa Bay. Kluber's eighty six hundred on Fanduel. I I really don't have a ton of interest against Chicago. Uh, The White Sox, regardless. The thing about FanDuel is Rodon is the top price arm on FanDuel. uh, Then Peralta is 99. Dylan Cease is 97. My thoughts don't really change on them. Brad Keller is 9,400 on FanDuel, Chief. What are your thoughts on that price? Explain. Price thing. We're in on Brad Keller on DK. We're out on Brad Keller on FanDuel. Montgomery, 8,400. Marquez, 8,200. I think I'm still In. in. I'm in. Um, and, of course, you know, with one pitcher on FanDuel, you're looking for that K upside and that big upside. Kyle Wright, 8K. I'm out on Kyle Wright. Are you feeling the same way on FanDuel? Absolutely. Um, Scoobol 79. I'm out. Please, Pleasac, 77. I'm out. Okay. Marcus Stroman at core, 75. Are you in or are you out? It's a tough one. Um, I-, I think I'm out, too. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, 7,200 on FanDuel. He's only 2,000 more on DraftKings. <laughs> I still think Houston's going to touch him up with all those ready. So, I, I, and they don't strike out. I'm I'm out on Gonzalez, even though the price is really good on FanDuel. Or, do you feel the same way? Out. Tony Gonsolin, much cheaper on FanDuel, 7,100. Out. Mackenzie Gord, 6,400. Is he just too tough to play on FanDuel with the raw points? Um, I
2: don't think you need him on FanDuel.
1: I agree. I think you get one of these quality
2: guys and try to get your 40 or 50 locked in.
1: I agree. I agree. I think you can get 50 from some of these top end guys, or maybe even 40 from Marquez. Um, so the major differences here, we're out on Brad Keller at his fan duel price. We're in at Brad Keller as a possible SP2 on DraftKings. Um please act too expensive at 7,700. in my opinion. Chief agrees with me. And uh yeah, um, all right, so we both like Rodon for tournaments. Cease is a fantastic play too. We both like Marquez quite a bit at cores. Hopefully he comes in pretty low and you could take some shots at Kyle Wright and Mackenzie Gore on DK as your SP2 um, and, and a little bit of Brad Keller on DK as well, as long as his ownership isn't too crazy. Um, we just went through this whole damn slate, Chief. Can you pinpoint like two or three stacks that maybe you're catching your eye?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, in terms of Um, the top of the list, I think it's, it's the Yankees, not the top of the list, but just in general, the Yankees. Um, I like Texas here again. Um, and I think I talked about Houston, like Houston's just a team I'm going to play. So I, I like those guys.
1: Yeah. You, uh, you know, yeah, you really had me digging into Houston here as we were talking and, uh, I like Houston quite a bit here. They might be my top tournament stack. I don't know what ownership's going to be here, uh, but I do like Houston a lot. And the Dodgers, of course, every slate—you know—it's no surprise when those two teams are in there. Um, I do like Texas as well. New York, I like the power bats, and I think Toronto's going to go overlooked. I think Toronto's going to go overlooked as they seem to oftentimes on on bigger slates. So, I do think the Blue Jays are interesting as well. It's a pleasure, man, and and thank you all for tuning in and bearing with us here. So many games the night before, late at night on the grind here. Got to do what we got to do to get through it. Anything else, Chief, or are we heading on out? I am good,
2: my brother. Everybody enjoy your time. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll see you all next week.
1: Absolutely. And where can the people find you on Twitter? at ChiefJustice06.com. Awesome. Well, to everybody celebrating um, holidays this weekend, uh, Passover is today, Friday, Easter weekend, obviously, as well. So uh, go spend some time with your families and and hang out. Enjoy some nice weather if you have it. And uh, you know what? We'll still be here on the weekend. We got crunch times and everything to to get you guys ready for the MLB slate. So we're not going anywhere. Uh, Until then... That's Will Priester. I'm Justin Carlucci. That was baseball. Good luck, everybody.